Welcome to another episode of Campus Life, the college side of our podcast here at Campus DeCanton. As always, I am Austin. And this is Colin. Bi-week hell is almost over, guys. This is really the last week that we got here for you guys. 24 teams. Is that right, Colin? Is that what you said that are on by this week? Yeah, that was from um, FBS Foot um, on on Twitter. I follow him. He drops like all the injury news. That yeah, guy. So, so 24 teams on by this week. The last big week here. Then we should have some rosters locked and loaded, hopefully ready for the playoffs. If not, though, going to talk a lot about what we're going to do uh, uh, this evening with you. Um, shall we just jump right in, Colin? Let's do it. Okay. Uh, This podcast is part of the Fantasy Points Media Group, along with a ton of other great podcasts, including the True North Fantasy Podcast, the Play to Win Podcast, the Dynasty Happy Hour, Injury Prone Podcast with Dr. Edwin Porras, Dynasty Vipers, The Smoke Show, and the Fantasy Points Podcast. You can find all of them together on Twitter at Fantasy Points Live, or you can check out our weekly Friday drops that recap the week in the Fantasy Points media group all right colin we're gonna kick off here with some news uh go back and forth here uh i'll start off how's that sound you um you you do your last little bit of research there you you come prepared for some of the uh debates we're about to have i'll uh i'll go first here you assume i'm not already prepared but you know age before beauty ain't no assuming i know baby all right ronnie rivers left the uh, fresno state's game this weekend a 34 32 win over nevada um scored a long touchdown on the play 60 something yard touchdown but then was rolled up on as he kind of crossed the the goal line there um jordan mims a, a i believe he's a fourth year guy he's listed as a senior i don't know what his deal is but he's the guy that stepped in on ronnie rivers uh behalf while he was gone uh rushed for over 120 yards had himself a decent game as well the coaching staff has said that 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 rivers is cleared to practice but they're not quite sure if he's going to play this weekend it sounds like it's going to kind of be a pain tolerance slash you know can he move uh, with this type of injury, but not supposed to be long-term? Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Jordan Mims here a little bit later, but just if you have Ronnie Rivers, I would be keeping an eye on that uh, and possibly handcuffing him with Mims if I have the ability to do so. Yeah, I would definitely keep an eye on that as well. And um, we talked about it on um, Coast to Coast, the very end there. Uh, definitely a guy to pick up in, in your waiver wire this week here. You know, I, I, your waiver wire is pretty thin right now at this point. And if this turns into something that's, you know, a little bit worse than we expected, uh, you know, if, if uh, Rivers misses a couple games because of this, then, you know, Mims is going to slide right in. Uh, he put up 123 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Uh, I think he had like four catches for 20 yards. Uh, so he puts up a lot of, uh, <laughs> puts up a lot of points there. So I, I, he'll be, he'll be a solid pickup. Uh, the next <laughs> little bit of news here that we have, um, Jordan Addison in, is in the concussion protocol. He's questionable for this week against Miami. So is Izzy Abanaconda. Speaking of players that have been out for Georgia, there are reports that Jermaine Burton and JT Daniels, amongst others, may be back for Georgia's game this weekend against Florida. Burton has basically missed two straight weeks now. He left after one snap against Kentucky. JT Daniels pulled whatever in the shower. Uh, he's been out for about a month. Uh, he didn't really do that, but... I don't know what this dude's issue is. Um, so they they both might be back. It'll be interesting to see. Georgia sounds like they're starting to get a lot of the reinforcements back. Arian Smith is a maybe this week. Uh, Kiaris Jackson is starting to get back to full health. So just a a team to be keeping an eye on. We thought they were playing well now. Just you wait and see how they do down the stretch. Uh, Seth Hennigan could reportedly barely throw the ball during pregame warmups. Uh, missed the game. Uh, what? Uh, Peter, uh, Peter Parrish, that's his name. Uh, Peter Parrish ended up starting. He picked, he uh, picked a pack of pickled peppers. He picked a whole pack of pickled peppers. Um, and Seth Hennigan is looking doubtful again this week. Uh, that's bad news for Calvin Austin. Uh, Calvin Austin and that whole Memphis offense kind of struggled last week. Uh, I would expect more of the same thing if uh, Peter Parrish has to start again. And just to add on that, they said that he could barely throw the ball. 
in warmups this past week because of a shoulder slash arm issue. So that's not exactly what you want to hear. Um, Dan Mullen reportedly no longer wants to be a head coach of a major division one football program because he will continue to trot Emory Jones out again this weekend, at least according to him. So no, Anthony Richardson will see um, what the split ends up being. And to be honest with how good Georgia's defense is, is Emory Jones in line for another hook anyway? I don't know. Um, but just, I, I'm sitting here shaking my head. I have no other words. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a good idea to, to, to start him this week against Georgia. Um, a good idea for, to start for Dan him Mullen week. for Dan Mullen oh, to start okay. him against Georgia. Yeah, if he week. doesn't want to coach anymore, yeah, it's a really good point. <laughs> Keep your defensive um, coordinator there for as long as possible, too. Uh, DJU temporarily benched this past weekend. Here, um, it was very short, short lived. Brought in Tyson um, Famoa Chan. It's close, close. All right, I think so. <laughs> close. Um, they brought in uh, Tyson Famoa Chan, and <laughs> then immediately just. No, just you you said it really hard once and then you just went right back and said it again. <laughs> kudos, kudos. Um, they they brought him in, uh, saw that he was not the answer, and then went right back to DJU. Um I haven't really heard either way if DJU is gonna start this week, but I, I would imagine he's going to start this week as well. All right, guys. Let's uh, you know, th- those are the quick hitters, Colin, but some some headlines uh deserve a little more attention here. And uh we kindly asked the people in our Discord if there was anything they wanted us to talk about that gave us a lot of ammunition for future weeks. Um, and some that we're gonna talk about here tonight as well. Um, the first column we kind of we kind of just touched on it, but I, I think this deserves a little bit of a deeper discussion here. We've got some injured signal callers. Uh, and while we will certainly potentially miss them in our lineups or, or maybe they're they're operating at 60 70%, it's really going to hurt some of the big-name receivers that catch passes from them, namely Seth Hennigan, as you mentioned, and Calvin Austin III at Memphis, and Jake Hayner, who played well uh, but did not uh, – He he's hurting. You can tell – uh, they were, they showed a couple times after he got knocked down this weekend where he was kind of like a grandpa trying to get up. Um, so him and Jalen Cropper there. What what is your plan for some of these guys, Colin? Do we need to maybe think about adding somebody if we're relying on a Calvin Austin or a Jalen Cropper here late in the year? Yeah, man. I mean, Jake Hayner was just peeling himself up off the turf a couple of times there. That was that was tough. And, and they have a tough matchup again this week, too, um, against what, San Diego State, I believe, right? For sure. They Wait, this Diego. weekend? Yeah. They, sure who they get... play this weekend? They Upcoming, yes, they play San yes. Diego State. Yeah. Yes, I'm pretty sure they get San Diego State this weekend. So that's, I wasn't a, tough, Sorry. that's a tough matchup. Um, so I would definitely look another direction for Cropper this week. Uh, you know, then you could take stock um, uh, after that and, and just kind of see how the matchups go. I would definitely be hesitant to roll him out uh, as long as Hayner looks this injured. Uh, and then with Seth Hennigan and Calvin Austin the third, I mean, man, Peter Parrish was bad. Um, if, if Hennigan's out, if you have Calvin Austin, though, you probably took him early enough that you're like, I – I feel like I should start him. So you may not have too many other options, but that's another situation where I would be very hesitant to start him. I'm the flip side sort of on these with you. I agree on Calvin Austin. Parrish was bad. And I know I didn't even really realize that Seth Hennigan was banged up. Like I, I thought that he was mostly fine, that he'd be in there, that he was going to play. The news coming out of there, there's not a lot of it, but it doesn't seem that promising. So I, I am legitimately worried about Austin. He did get some volume. He had seven catches this past week, but only 44 yards, I believe. Uh, obviously, no touchdowns. Parrish himself, I mean, they had to throw because they were down. Uh, Parrish went 31 for 48 for 215 yards. No touchdowns, three interceptions. That's yucky, especially against a UCF defense that um, is missing a lot of key pieces. So I'm... I'm very hesitant to start Calvin Austin without him uh, moving on. But Cropper, he did not have his best night, um, you know, 60, 70 ish receiving yards. He fumbled once as well, no touchdowns. Um, 
uh, Fresno did move the ball fairly effectively against Nevada, though, for the first two and a half quarters. And then they kind of shut up shop, I think, to protect Hayner a little bit. And also because they were running the ball fairly effectively with Mims. So I guess my worry would be if if they get that game script over and over again that that Cropper isn't going to see quite the volume. But I, I'm I'm more bullish on Cropper rest of season than Austin. Would you at least say that much if you had to pick between one of the two for the rest of the year? You'd you'd take Cropper. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's more just the the matchup against San Diego State and Hayner being hurt this week that makes me hesitant uh, with Cropper. Uh, I would you know like I said reassess after this week. But I would be very hesitant to start him this week. Um, yeah, San Diego State had a nice win this past weekend, right against Air Force. Uh, yeah, previously mm-hmm. unbeaten Air Force, or they they have a loss. I don't remember, but they uh, they'd been on a nice uh, run yeah, for a while there. But San Diego um, State's undefeated. Yeah, yeah. So um, okay, so that there we go, guys. With those two, Colin, we had a, we had a lot of people asking in the Discord about our thoughts on a lot of players moving forward. You know, we've we've had a lot of you know, reaching the part of the year where non-contenders are buying Devi guys and vice versa. We've had a lot of people saying, you know, how do you know if a guy is actually a future NFL guy or not? I think that's the million dollar question. If I had the real answer to it, I would certainly um, not be talking to any of you people. I'd be in an NFL front office somewhere, but here we are. Um, so I want to ask you would still talk to me. No, you, I would, my number would be changed. I'd be gone in an instant. You would never hear from me again. Probably. That's probably accurate. I talked to your brother, but not to you. Um, <laughs> I believe that. I, I want to ask you about three quarterbacks that have names have come up quite a bit uh, in the Discord. I'm going to ask you what you think their chances of NFL success are. And I'm going to ask you to kind of if you think they should and will go back. I realize there's going to be a lot of reckless speculation here. This is the reckless, reckless speculation. Alarm. Reckless. Reckless. Yes. <laughs> we are guessing here, guys based on our opinions of players and then just historically what kinds of quarterbacks tend to leave college early because all these guys have more eligibility if they want it. Okay. So don't come bitching at us. If Hendon (laughs) Hooker declares after this year and we said he'll be around another year, we'll start off with him though, Colin Hendon Hooker. Let's start by asking, does he have any NFL future in your opinion? He's been pretty good this year. Um, as it currently stands right now, I would, I I have a hard time saying people don't have any NFL future. I mean, there's always like a slim possibility, but as it stands right now, I would put it at like 10% chance that he has any sort of an NFL future. Um, you know, he's looked pretty good, uh, you know, but I think a lot of it is the offense. I think Josh Heupel's offense is very quarterback friendly. Um, but that being said, you know, he has an extra year of eligibility. I would be surprised if he came out. Um, you know, he hasn't, there really hasn't been any buzz on him. You don't hear anybody in the draft media talking about him and quarterbacks don't usually declare early unless they're going to be a first or second round type of a guy. And I don't see that even in the best case of scenarios, even with a torrid finish, I don't see that for Hendon Hooker this year. We were talking about that pre-show, Connor. Do you, can you remember the last quarterback that was an underclassman that declared and came out and went like round six? No, I can't. I, Honestly, those yeah. guys just fade away into obscurity. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's hard to remember those guys. But yeah, I don't see Hooker doing that. I think he goes back, uh, at which case, you know, you're going to have another year of of nice production from him, you would assume, from Josh Heupel's offense. But I think he's a guy that could rebuild his stock and you know, turn himself into an early day three guy. You know, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility for him after a nice year, a nice finish to the year this year and a nice year next year. We talked about Hendon Hooker this offseason more than anybody should ever talk about Hendon Hooker on the show. We both said that we liked him. We thought that he should take that job. It took a few weeks. It seems like it's shaken out that way. I don't know. I... I think he stays because who who else do they have there at this point, Colin? They have Joe Milton, who I believe is a senior as well. And I don't know what his COVID year situation is looking like. But 
it shouldn't matter. No, I mean we don't want him. The way the Ole Miss game ended, I would be shocked if he ever sees the field there for the Volunteers again. You have Harrison Bailey; he's an interesting name, but the coaching staff that's there now did not recruit him. You think he might leave this off season? Does that seem like a fairly like a decent guess? Yeah, I mean, if I think if he's smart, he gets out of Dodge. Um, there's there's enough other teams around the country that he could start for, you know, he could start for pretty much any G five school. If he really wanted to, there's definitely some P five schools that he could start for. Like, I don't think Harrison Bailey's bad. Um, I just, I don't see him having a future there at, uh, at, at Tennessee. Yeah. You, th- you think like that UCF tier of school Fresno. Yeah. Like that see. level. That seems like he Houston. Could... I think Houston Clay- is Clayton tune a, a senior. He's either. I would, I would I be lying if I junior. gave you a legitimate answer to that question. He's an upperclassman, but yeah. so maybe yeah. Clayton Toon leaves. You know, Harrison Bailey could step in. Yeah. So I mean, there are options out there. Um, hopefully, he doesn't transfer over his head. He might. I really don't know. <laughs> and they do bring in true freshman Taven Jackson this year. He was a top fifteen-ish uh, quarterback in the composite. He's been slowly rising. I wouldn't be shocked if he finishes top ten. Um, but I think you know, if it's Hooker and Jackson. Uh, Hooker has to see that he can stay another year playing another yeah. year of football. And yeah. So you think he stays another year. You think mm-hmm. he can get as high as a early day three, possibly. Yeah. If, if someone's like, I think people might be selling him like he's done this year. Like I, I kind of want to go try to buy him and hooker, although yeah. I have a lot of hand and hooker. So that would be that's the thing. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. I mean, shocker. We were two of the, people who were talking him up the most in the off season. And we have a lot of Fendon hooker. Um, but yeah, he's absolutely a guy that I would go, I would go poke around on, you know, see if they are, uh, you know, the owner is, is looking to move him like they're like, they assume he's leaving. Okay. Colin, here's the next name for you. We'll leave, we'll save the, the biggest of these three names for last. Second name here is Sam Hartman at, at wake forest, a kid who's been, he's had a kind of an up and down journey there at wake uh, initially went there, started over Jamie Newman, picked up a collarbone injury, I want to say, or shoulder or something, but, yeah, but the opened two. the door for Newman. Um, the rest there, obviously, history. Newman got all that hype, then transferred to Georgia, did nothing, is barely in the NFL anymore. <laughs> um, Hartman has been pretty – he was okay last year. He's been pretty darn dynamic this year in a strong Wake Forest offense, obviously this weekend scoring almost 80 points against Army. <clears throat> What are we thinking with Sam Hartman? Uh, do you have thought, strong thoughts on Sam Hartman? Um, I would say I have strong thoughts on Sam Hartman, but he definitely has another year left. I'd be surprised if he came out early as well. I mean, that's going to kind of be the theme of these guys here is, you know, like you mentioned, like what's the last quarterback that you can remember that came out early and wasn't looking at day, you know, first round or early second round draft capital? Like it just it just really does not happen. So it would surprise me if Hartman leaves again as well. Um, is he a redshirt sophomore Hartman? Yeah. I want to say he's a redshirt sophomore. So these, these schools are so inconsistent with right. how they are listing players right now. Yeah. Freaking. Um, let's see what wake forest officially has him listed as here. They have him as a redshirt sophomore. Yes. Okay. So he has potentially another two years left. Um, Fresh freshman in 2018, and he's somehow a redshirt sophomore in 2021. Freaking love the COVID <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he potentially has two years left of eligibility. So I would be pretty surprised if he left this year. Um, I would be lying if I said I really dug into the tape as far as what I thought of him as an NFL prospect. Um, you know, that's something I'll, I'll get more into there this off season. I just I don't watch a lot of Wake Forest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they were fun this uh, this past weekend. Uh, I mean, did you? So Chris and I were texting or messaging back and forth throughout that whole game. The 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 books did not catch up to what the, the line should be in game at all. At halftime, the score was like thirty five to twenty five or something, and the books had the full game, the like the 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 game total like seventy six. So I bet that. <laughs> It hit like four minutes into the second half. It went up to like 90. 
I bet that it hit that before the fourth quarter rolled around. I bet 108.5 and it hit that with about six minutes left. I mean, they were just printing me money. Um, all right, Colin. So third name here. I promised we would leave the biggest name here for last. Brennan Armstrong listed as a junior, Virginia. He's had a very strong fantasy year. I believe he's a top three quarterback in points per game there. This past weekend had, a, what, six total touchdowns, I believe. I mean, the guy has been a one-man show there, him and then you know, throwing it to Wicks for, for UVA. I've heard some people start to say Brennan Armstrong might be legitimate NFL prospect. What say you on this topic? Um, again, another situation where I haven't d- like dove in on Brennan Armstrong yet because I don't watch a lot of Virginia. Um, but from what I have seen, I don't think he's a legit NFL prospect right now. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I struggle to see it with him at some times, um, you know, and I, I think he just needs another year here like another guy would be surprised if they came out early so you know i'll have a chance to dive in this offseason and then you know you can have a full another year i'm assuming next year so again another guy that i don't think is going to come out early uh a guy though that would be very difficult to buy i'm assuming because if you have brennan armstrong you're probably a contender and uh, he's not listed as a senior either on fan tracks which no, i think is people sophomore. up yeah yeah, so. he's listed as a sophomore. So people are thinking like, oh, I got a ton of time with him. So uh, he's probably the hardest guy on this list to buy. For sure. uh, unlike Hooker, who is Hooker is listed as a senior on Fantrax. So that could trip somebody up. I'm not telling you to go abuse your league mates and, and ch- trick them out of players, but swindle them. The shit's fair game, man. He's listed as a <laughs> senior. I know we give out the advice all the time, and it's good advice. If you got seniors, you don't think they're NFL guys, you move them because they're going to julio retiring you don't get shit if he retires yeah um likewise if these guys don't get drafted in the nfl you get nothing so um yeah yeah i think that's an underrated uh aspect right now that you know as c2c grows in popularity will probably start to catch up but it's not something everybody thinks about right now i gotta say i have a couple leagues where i'm trying to trade my seniors and just nobody wants them and they're like decent i i don't i don't know um jerks all right colin <laughs> last piece here and so i i wrote an article for the first time in a couple weeks here um about basically your team is poop what do you do now <laughs> and i think college college side of things is really cool because that you can rebuild a team in one year it's yeah. way more it's way easier to do that on the college side than a dynasty league um or, or you know the nfl side of your campus can't unless you just have weirdly have a loaded class move in um because there's, I mean, there's 130 teams. The nature of college football means that guys only can stick around for four years, maybe five, um, if, if something weird happens. Um, so there's a lot of turnover there. So we're going to, I mean, we want to help you guys accelerate that process. We're going to talk about it a little bit here over the next couple of weeks because there's plenty of people saying, oh, you're competing. Who should you go get? But what should you do if you're on the opposite side of that call? And so let's talk about some players that we're buying if we are what we're going to, we're not rebuilders because we right. can do that in one year. We're just non-contenders this year. We're not going to make the playoffs. That's okay. Um, some guys that you specifically are targeting, Colin. Some of my favorites on here too. So Yeah, I mean, I think that we, this summer, gave a lot of names um, for guys to to target as potential guys for next year. And, you know, the list still stands. Um, Clay Millen. Uh, quarterback for Nevada. He's a freshman this year. Carson Strong, presumably leaving. Um, you know, so he's presumably going to step in and take over that offense. It's a pretty, it's a pretty solid offense. You know, it's definitely pass heavy, and they're going to still have some weapons there. Um, Tory Horton is still going to be there. Um, they have a, they have an, another guy that that started to break out here a little bit, and his name's escaping me. Um, he's put, he's, he had like a nice game two weeks ago, decent game last week, but so they're going to have some weapons there for him. So he's definitely a guy to keep an eye on too. Um, yeah, it depends on what league you're in, even if he's rostered, you know, if, if you're in a league with, 
with you specifically because he wasn't on fan tracks for a while. Um, so I missed out on him in a couple spots, but um, he is in fan tracks now. Yes, he is. Okay. So he is now in fan tracks. Like week three, they decided to add him, even though he's been on the website since June. And there are, there are excuses always he's not on the website yet. So we can't. It's like, dude, he's on the fucking website. I'm reading it right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he's a guy that he may not even be rostered. So you could go probably go pick him up for free. Um, yeah, I mean, so you, I mean, you have some other ones here to call and, um, and some of them actually are in the article that I wrote. Stefan Cobbs is a big one wide receiver at Boise. He's had a couple big games this year. He's also been banged up a little bit. He's the second receiver there behind Khalil Shakir. We've liked Shakir generally. We've liked the leading receiver on Boise as a whole. And he is very dynamic in his own right. And he has some special teams ability as well. Um, so I think Cobbs is a guy that he is, fr- I've been, I've been stashing him since about week six in leagues. If it's looking like things are not going particularly well. Um, and he's still out there. Uh, I see in some places. So I think he's an intriguing one. If you've got open waivers, um, I don't know, Colin, I mean, you've got you, I'm assuming a lot of these guys you're probably gonna have to trade for like Byron Cardwell. He's yeah. rostered, right? Yeah. I would assume in your C2C league, he's pro he, he should be rostered. Um, so, but we've seen the Oregon running backs this year have been very, very productive. Um, CJ Verdell was really productive till that injury. Travis Dye came in. He's had two really nice weeks back to back here. Uh, those are both guys who are seniors. Byron Cardwell has been the guy behind Travis Dye. Now this has not been a one, a one B like it was with uh, Verdell and Dye. Dye is very clearly the number one, but Cardwell's getting the number two carries. And in a Joe Moorhead offense, you know, as the guy, you know, looking like he's going to be the guy in 2022, he could be really productive for you. Uh, And he was a pretty high recruit. And he's a guy that I think has some NFL potential on top of that. So he's, I have him in a lot of places because I was higher on him than consensus. But, uh, you know, he's definitely a guy that I would look to pick up. Um, another one that I really like, and this is, he's, he's going to blow up my spot a little bit here. Cause he got some carries last week. Evan Pryor is a really interesting mm-hmm. game. And we literally have not talked about him at all on the show since, I don't know, maybe April, because it was very clear that he was never going to be relevant this year. He was the number six running back in the country. I believe when all was said and done, he was once listed as an all purpose back. And I think they changed him. Yeah. He was the number one all purpose back. And then I think you're right. I think they did move him. So uh, he was number two. I think Shipley was also an all-purpose back, if I remember correctly. Um, oh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right. He was number so, two. But, I mean, he was a really good running back in his own right. Decent size. I believe he was listed at 190-ish in high school. He's listed at 198 now. He's 5'10", 5'11", at Ohio State. He's really well-rounded. And, look, no one's going to take the job from Travion there. I think that's pretty, um, you know, that that's that's over. Any any debate there. Yep. Uh, Henderson has that spot for, for the next two years. But they need a guy behind him. They run enough plays every week that that the guy behind him is useful. And to be honest, they're up a lot. So that makes the guy behind him doubly useful because once you get up by 30, you ain't passing the ball anymore. Prior, he had 11 carries this past week. I believe ran for about 48 yards. Um, had a couple of catches as well. If he stays there and gets the number two job, which I think is likely because the only guy Ohio State brings in this year is Dallin Hayden, a kid that I like, but I don't think he's nearly as good as Pryor or Henderson are. If he stays there, I think he gets the two. And if he leaves, I think he can get a job somewhere else as a starter. Yeah, absolutely. I I liked him a lot coming out. Uh, I, you know, if he went anywhere else besides behind Travion, you know, he's a guy that's an absolute stash. If he sticks around, um, you know, as a number two, you're just kind of hoping that he just shows enough in relief of Travion that he could get drafted or you know, Travion leaves a year early. He balls out a senior year. That's that's kind of what you're hoping for there. But I will say, uh, I expect Evan Pryor to have a big week this week uh, against Penn State, who just got absolutely thrashed on the ground by Chase Brown and the true freshman there, McRae. Um, so, you know, Travion probably runs for 400 yards, but, you know, Evan Pryor may hit 100. Chris and I have been going back and forth. That line, at least earlier today, was at 17 and a half. 
and the the game total was 59 and a half. So the implied team total for Penn State was 21 points. Penn State is going to be lucky to score 10 points this week. With Sean Clifford, I work at Clifford is not right. No, it's so obvious, and it's he's like forty percent, fifty percent, and it's and so it's bad with the backup situation. Than... <laughs> yes, that they would yeah. still rather rule Sean Clifford, the the corpse of Sean Clifford, out over Taquan Roberson. Yes, Christian Ballou. Yeah. So, like I said, Drew Aller, can you step on campus now? Like, we would love to have you start this weekend against he, Ohio State. He would instantly. I mean. Not a great situation to put it into. <laughs> he behind Sean Clifford but in the horse the best player on that team. Yeah. Shit. So they've got the they've got they're bringing the two quarterbacks next year, and the other kid I don't think is as nearly as good. He's from the conference that I played in in high school, which is not a particularly strong conference. I think he would be the Bo Perbula. I think he would be yeah. the second best quarterback on that roster right now. He's like the QB twenty oh, yeah. something mm-hmm. in the composite this year. He's like I. Yeah. He plays for one of the York schools. They're not good, but it's no. like. So, man, okay, that was totally off topic. Just some other names here. Colin Taj Brooks, an intriguing name, probably going to take over for Roderick Thompson there, although they just fired their head coach today. We'll see mm-hmm. what happens with that. Uh, Donovan Green. Donovan Green, anybody? Anybody remember Donovan Green? Yeah. Okay. Wake Forest? Yeah. I mean, and you know, we were talking a little bit, you know, Jakiri Roberson is a guy that he could potentially come out early. Um, I don't think it's likely. It's probably more like 60-40, but... Uh, you know, he's having a really nice year this year. I could see him potentially coming out a little bit early, getting he would probably be looking at early day three draft capital rather than late day two. So he'd be better off going back. But um, either way, uh, you know, Donovan Green was a guy that it, we thought he was going to be the guy at Wake. And, you know, the injury uh, was ACL, I believe, right? It was knee. I don't know if I ever saw it specified, but I mean, usually knee is bad. Yeah. So, you know, injury, uh, it sounds like something he'll be able to come back from relatively easily. And, you know, he's a pretty highly thought of guy before that. Um, And then Day Day Hunter uh, is another guy, just uh, offensive weapon, a la Calvin Turner there for Hawaii. Um, Has had a couple big weeks this week. Uh, In fact, I said start him last week and then he was injured. He was out. I don't know what the hell happened there. Um, but, but certainly a guy there. All right, Colin, we're going to go more into some of that stuff later here in, in the next couple of weeks. Um, but, uh, it's definitely some names to monitor there. Waiver wire guys. It's it, it, this shit's thin at this point. Like, yes, <laughs> I mean, I could tell you to go pick up Cameron rising for the third week in a row. If you haven't yet, and he's still available on your waivers, what are you doing? I could tell you to pick up Dylan McDuffie again this week because Kevin Marks, I've heard no news about him there at Buffalo. McDuffie had himself quite a week. Again, though, I'm wasting my breath doing that. I mean, Day-Day Hunter, we said pick up last week. There's not a lot else behind that. We've got three names for you this week. Uh, Jordan Mims, Colin, we talked about him earlier. Probably a guy that should be on rosters if Ronnie Rivers is banged up down the stretch. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, like I was ta- like we were talking about a little bit earlier in the news segment. There, uh, you know, maybe maybe we don't start him this week, but if it's any sort of a longer injury, uh, definitely be worth picking up. Definitely be worth starting. Um, it's just it, it all it, it kind of hinges on Ronnie Rivers' health. But at this point, like you just said, waivers are pretty thin. So if you have a spot, you could do a lot worse. Yeah, a couple other names here, guys. Um... And some intriguing ones. So let's talk Jaron Mangum first. Uh, transferred to USF this offseason, running back from Colorado. Uh, was kind of an athlete coming out of high school, went there. He's been pretty good the past couple of weeks, guys. And he's, I mean, this past week against Temple, he had a really big week. Um, where was it? I have, I have his past couple games. He went 26 carries, 152 yards, two touchdowns last week, and he went 13 for 75 and won the week before that. He gets the bulk of the touches there in the backfield, and, and he's a good athlete. I mean, you could do a lot worse depending on what kind of injuries you're picking up here down the stretch. And then one last name, guys. Malachi Thomas, the true freshman running back at Virginia Tech. They have not really had a go-to running back there this season. They've had some injuries. Malachi Thomas in the preseason was getting a little bit of hype from their staff. They were saying he looked really good. 
he got the chance this past weekend and put up like 50 fantasy points. Um, a couple hundred yards, a couple touchdowns. Um, one to monitor is a guy that you can probably stash. He's 0% rostered on fan tracks. I wish they gave you a raw number of leagues to know how many he's <laughs> he's in. I venture to guess it would be less than 100 total. Um, and so if you have a bench spot, I think Malachi Thomas is a really fun name. Um, banishing Kenji Christian to the shadow realm there. But so be it. Yeah, Kenji Christian, a guy you were you were talking about um, a couple times this offseason too. But yeah, I mean, they don't really have anybody there to speak. But Khalil Herbert was was fantasy relevant last year. Like we were talking uh, a little bit pre-show. He was a league winner towards the end of your C2C leagues last year. So they can have productive running backs. Uh, so it's just they didn't really have one guy. Blackshear just really wasn't. He's just kind of meh. Um, so if Malachi Thompson can seize that role, he could absolutely, you know, be a starter down the stretch for you or next year, which is probably a little bit more likely, but still. I, I'm picking him up with the assumption that he does nothing this year, and that's completely fine. Although, I mean, shit, tore Syracuse up last week. So, um, and the ACC is not necessarily the, the, you know, the gauntlet of defensive powerhouses. So, yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a name that's jumping out to me that I have a lot of bids in for this week colin i will see you there brb let me go up my bids that i have that we're in the same league sitting together i'll you, tell me your what you're bidding on him and i'll tell you what i'm bidding on uh um, you first though you first oh okay all right yeah <laughs> all right colin it's that time of the week it's early week starts and sits guys Last week was a good week, but before we, we go over that, so each week, guys, we give each give 10 starts and 10 sits. We do not tell each other our list ahead of time. We can have overlapping names. That is okay, and usually we do have one or two. These are names that are non-obvious starts and then bigger names that we're telling you to sit for the week. We're not going to tell you to start B. John Robinson. Everybody, my grandma doesn't know anything about college <laughs> fantasy football. If you put this in front of her, she would know to start B. John Robinson. Okay. We're not going to tell you that. Last week, what did we tell people? We had Darren Granger, Max Bortenschlager, Colin. You had one or two weird guys on your list. I mean, we these are true, true deeper <laughs> names, especially to get you guys through these injuries and bye weeks. Um, last week, Colin was our best combined week yet. I think I only went ten and nine. I mean, I was over above five hundred, so that's fine. You went twelve and eight. It's a very, yep. very good week, Colin. And to be honest, I feel like Thank I you. should go 0 and 20 because I told everyone to sit to Corey Roberson. So I'm sorry. I hope you yeah. did not listen to me. Yeah, I also said to sit Jalen Knighton, though. Jalen Knighton so, had a pretty big day. So, so uh, I mean, you can Hit see you guys. I mean, we're, we're, when we give rationale for these two, we don't just list them off. So we're going to go back and forth, list our 10, then we'll name them all in one place, and then we'll do the same thing for the sits. Before we do get started, though, I do just want to say, I did pass you now overall. Um, you are at 52.2%. I am at 52.5%. Okay. Well, so. I, I picked 20 perfect names this week, so <laughs> we will overtake you. Colin, do you want to go first we? on your starts? <laughs> um, yeah, I can go first on okay. my starts here. Um, my first start is uh, the Minnesota running backs. Um, I, I'm back in. Um so you know, by, you know, by saying Minnesota running backs, you if any of them shit the bed this week, you okay. lose this. Correct. All right. Do you two, want to be more two, specific? Yes. Kai Thomas and Marquise Irving. I okay. would start both of them this week. Uh, Northwestern's defense is rush defense is bad. They just gave up over 100 yards to both Hassan Haskins and Blake Corum. And coincidentally, Kai Thomas and Marquise Irving both went over 100 yards in a touchdown last week. I think that they could that we could see a repeat performance from both of them. Bryce Williams dead to you? Uh, he had a solid day, too. He had, what, 80-something yards rushing? Um, but I, I I think these two these two got the bulk of the carries last week. I think they're going to get the bulk of the carries this week. And like I said, Northwestern's run defense just gave up 200-yard rushers. So, cool. No, that's fair enough. I just wanted to... Uh... I wanted to to give you a chance to save yourself there, and also nope. just to <laughs> never learn my lesson. No, you do not. Um, Insanity. So my, <laughs> so my first name here, guys, is Tyler Van Dyke, uh, quarterback Ooh. for 
Uh, Miami, look, I don't like I don't love Van Dyke as a player, and I really do think that he loses his job this this next offseason, but he's been fairly productive there um for Miami in his starts. Um put up 29.8 fantasy points last week. Pitt played well defensively, and I think they've gotten better as the season has gone on, but they they let Clemson left yards on the field this past week against them. They dropped some passes. DJ, you just criminally underthrew a couple guys. And then obviously the shovel passed directly into the linebackers gut that went for the other way for six. Um, so th- there is opportunity there. I think Pitt's going to score. I think the game script's going to be there. I think Tyler Van Dyke is a start this week. Uh, my next start this week is Victor Tucker, uh, wide receiver for Charlotte. Uh, they, they play Western Kentucky this week. Western Kentucky is bad. Western Kentucky gets in a lot of shootouts. Uh, so I expect a lot of volume from him this week. Uh, past two weeks, he went six for 105 and eight for 92 in a touchdown. Um, you know, he's a guy that I've been starting in a pinch in a couple places during these bye weeks, and he's absolutely a guy I'll be firing up again this week. So I guess that I will say my next one here is his quarterback, Chris Reynolds. I sure there for basically the same exact reasons. I mean, uh, Western, Western Kentucky, they've given up 300 yards basically every week except for against Army. And then somehow Max Bortenschlager, <laughs> who's the top 15 in NCAA in passing yards, puts up like 180 this past week against him. I have no <laughs> I did not watch that game. I have no idea what happened. I went to check that score after the game, and I was like, what the heck happened here? So I maybe Western Kentucky's turned the corner. I kind of doubt it. Chris Reynolds has been underwhelming the past few weeks. I mean, 16, 26, and eight points. I think he has a nice one here against the Hilltoppers. I thought about putting both of them, but uh, I can't get too ballsy here. I, I went with two Minnesota running backs. You already said all the Minnesota running backs. That's two. what I marked you down as. I don't know. Uh, next guy I have on my list here is Keaton Mitchell, uh, running back ECU. Uh, he struggled the past two weeks, 65 yards and 38 yards rushing. But uh, before that, he had two straight 100-yard games, including one of them over 200 yards. And USF um, is the 17th worst run defense. They give up over 200 rush yards per game. Uh, I think he's going to have a big week this week. Those are the weeks where he feasts because, yeah, he gets that one long run. Um, next up for me, Ty Chandler. I think Ooh. I would start this week. Yeah, against Notre Dame. Notre Dame is not the rushing defense they've been in the past, guys. They gave up 138 yards and a touchdown to Keontae Ingram last week. USC can't run the ball, and they let them do it. Uh, it Kyle Hamilton's out. I think this is actually going to be a relatively high-scoring game. Um, North Carolina is not very strong defensively either. Um, and, and the game total itself is decently high. It's over 60 points. So I think Ty Chandler is a start this week. Uh, I like that call. That's music to my ears. Um, I know, my, I know. <laughs> uh, my next guy here is Keontae Ingram. Uh, they get Arizona. You, Arizona's just bad. They're on, they, they've lost 19 straight games. They're terrible. Have they really? Yeah. Damn, I did not realize that. They suck. Yeah, longest uh, longest losing streak in the country. Um, yeah, but Keontae Ingram had a really nice week last week against Notre Dame, 24 for 138 and a touchdown. Um, you can pretty much do whatever you want against Arizona's defense. So I think they're probably just going to you know, hand the ball off to Keontae Ingram, decent amount here, uh, and he'll put up a nice week this week. All righty, Colin. My next one here, Cameron Rising. Guys, I don't know how many times I have to tell you to go get Cameron Rising. Last, uh, they play, uh, Utah plays UCLA this week. Last week, UCLA gave up 296 yards passing and 85 rushing to Anthony Brown, quarterback from Oregon. His highest in both categories this season and the next highest were 244 and 65, respectively. They weren't that close. So they give up some points to rushing quarterbacks. Cameron Rising is a rushing quarterback. I think he's significantly better than Anthony Brown. Um, and so I think that he is going to have a you know 28-plus point outing there against, uh, against UCLA. My next start here is Jaron Hall, quarterback BYU. Uh, he had a rough week last week against uh, Washington State in a game that I, I thought he would have a better game there, but I only put up eight fantasy points. Um, they, they really, they kind of held him in check on the ground. Um, but I, you know, they, this week they get, um, Virginia, 
I think this game's probably going to be a bit of a shootout. Um, Virginia tends to get in high-scoring games because their offense is very high-scoring as well. Uh, I think this is one where Jaron Hall is going to have to do a lot with his arm. And before last week, you know, he had two games back-to-back over 300 yards passing, including one against Baylor, who's a pretty solid team. Baylor? Um, I barely know her. Oh. Um, so, yeah, Jaron Hall, I, I think he'll have a nice week. Next up for me... Hashtag picks up boys. It's Dion Hankins. I'm Let's go. rolling with them this week there uh, for UTEP. They play FAU. They have the 103rd ranked rush defense in the country. I think the picks, even though they're 10 and a half point dogs, win this game. So that means nice game script. Dion Hankins. Boom. Yeah. Uh, we don't really do a lot of betting on this show here, betting advice, but um, yeah, bet. I'm all over UTEP. I have made some nice money betting on UTEP this year. They're six and one. Why are they? Why are they ten and a half point dogs? They're going bowling, baby. They're going bowling. I don't get it. But uh, my next start here is Kyron Williams. Uh, I said it on coast to coast. Um, I'll say it again. Apologies to the person in the Discord that I said to start Kennedy Brooks instead of Kyron Williams because uh, Kyron Williams uh, he went off last week. He had a big week, um, and I think. That offensive line looked like they turned a corner. Now it is USC. USC's defense is not particularly imposing, but neither is UNC. Uh, UNC's run defense is pretty average, uh, 51st in the country in yards per game. And if that O-line does look better again this week, um, I think they could feed Kyron Williams. Next up for me, Skylar Thompson, uh, quarterback at Kansas State. They play TCU. TCU's defense is not your you know your dad's tcu's defense it's not even your tcu defense <laughs> from three years ago they're really not very good um and uh skyler i mean that that whole kansas state offense is basically skyler thompson and deuce vaughn uh, i obviously can't tell you to start deuce vaughn because that's obvious and colin would yell at oh, me but i can oh, tell you to cross start. him off my list yeah. <laughs> but i but i can't tell you to start skyler thompson um and we saw what Caleb Williams did to them a couple weeks ago. And Skylar Thompson is the – how many poor man's versions do we need to dig down into between the two of them? But he's, I mean, uh, he's, he's Army Surplus Store, <laughs> <laughs> Caleb Williams. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I start him. Start him. Uh, my next start is Grant Wells, uh, quarterback for Marshall. Uh, Wells has only been held under 300 yards passing twice this year. And one of those was 299 yards. Uh, so right on the edge there, the other one was like 270 something. Uh, FIU is the second worst pass defense in the country. They give up over 300, uh, pass yards per game. Um, I think Rasheen Ali is going to have a big week, but obviously I can't tell you to start him because that's obvious as well. So, uh, give me Grant Wells. Next up for me, we are going to the Darren Granger bucket again. He was I thought a, about it. He was a hit last week. He's going to be a hit again this week. They play Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern is dead last in pass defense by most metrics out there. Uh, and Granger is kind of a dual threat guy. I, I suspect there will be another big day there. I I really thought about that. Um, I did not go that route. Just. I don't really know why. I found a couple other guys that I like too, but then you don't uh, deserve Darren Granger. I don't. He was your guy. Uh, my next start here, though, Isaiah Bowser. Uh, I, I think he's. I think he's back. Uh, he had 26 carries last week for 111 yards against Memphis. Uh, Temple's run defense is bad. They give up uh, 222 rush yards per game, sixth worst, sixth worst in the country. Uh, I think he's going to have another nice game this week. I also have Isaiah Bowser. Ah, man, I was just about to say we haven't had an overlap yet. Yeah, I so uh, back to you. Uh, I'm going back to the Chris Smithwell. Um, look, worked out for me last week. Uh, 24 carries, 238 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, but before the week before that, he also had two touchdowns, 93 yards, two touchdowns, two touchdowns, back-to-back games. And I, I think... Um, I didn't write down who they play this week, but it's a soft matchup. Is it UNLV? I don't remember, but I actually almost put him as well. I don't remember. It's an obvious. Uh, yeah, like, it's like not poor UNLV. rush defense. Yeah, it's a bad rush defense. Oh, Texas State. They play Texas State. 
Um, and Amani Bailey has kind of fallen out of favor there. Yeah, he's, what the hell happened? He's yeah, he had like four carries last week. I think he had like five the week before that, seven. So he's trending in the wrong direction. So if this is going to a two-headed rushing attack between Chris Smith and Montrell Johnson, um, I think they could both be startable. I don't think anyone like can really actually tell you what's going on there. Probably that, not. That the, the the stocks of those running backs there shifts like the wind uh shifts <laughs> penny stocks so very annoying but um if you if you pick the right week uh very profitable there for you um deandre tory i think he's he had a poor week last week uh but but still had the volume i believe he had about 29 <laughs> carries they get rice this week they're giving up about 200 rush yards per game on the ground i'd expect another uh, a big week uh, bounce back from from Tory. So my last guy here is a guy that should have made an appearance on this list sooner. Um, for for both of us, neither of us have put this guy on here. I don't believe ever. I don't believe so. You can correct me oh, if I'm wrong. Okay. But, um, it's Abram Smith, running back for Baylor. Uh, he started the year with three straight games over 100 yards and at least a touchdown. Then he had a dud game against Iowa State, which Iowa State, very good rush defense, so it's understandable. Then he had 97 yards and a touchdown, 87 yards and a touchdown, and last week he had 188 yards and three touchdowns. And Texas's run defense, they can be taken advantage of. We've seen it before. We've seen it multiple times before. They give up over 200 rush yards per game, the 18th worst defense in the country in terms of um, rush yards per game. I, I think Abram Smith's going to have a big week this week. And just for the people keeping score at home, 83 yards and a touchdown would not be considered a hit for us because this is you know, college fantasy is a little higher scoring. So obviously we're hoping that he's closer to that 180 and three than the 80 and one, which sounds like a nice week in theory, but is not a hit for us. Right. But those three state, yeah. three straight hundred yard games with at least one touchdown to start those, the year. Those would be close. Those, those are good. Close. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then my last one here, guys, is Jaron Mangum. As I said before, he's been hot. 152 yards last week. You said to bench him, didn't you? No, I did not. Oh, you made a sound. I did. Um, so, uh, yeah, I uh, I think you should start Jaron Mangum. Um, all right, so we want to – that. that's all 10 for both of that's us. That's right? all 10, yeah. Do you want to give us your 10 real quick, and I'll say mine, um, and then we'll move on? Yeah. Um, two Minnesota running backs, Kai Thomas and Marquise Irving, Victor Tucker, Keaton Mitchell, Keontae Ingram, Jaron Hall, Kyron Williams, Grant Wells, Isaiah Bowser, Chris Smith, Abram Smith. And then I have Tyler Van Dyke, Ty Chandler, Cameron Rising, Chris Reynolds, Dion Hankins, Skylar Thompson, Darren Granger, DeAndre Torrey, Jaron Mangum, and Isaiah Bowser. All right, Colin, let's go to our sits. And I could basically just say it's the Big Ten and go home, but I'm not <laughs> going to do that. Uh, we're going to actually give you guys some names. I'll kick her off here. Jahan Dotson. I'm sitting Jahan Dotson this week. Look, guys, I know OSU has not exactly been great defensively this year, although they've sharpened up a little bit in the past few weeks. As we talked about earlier, Sean Clifford just does not look right at all uh, right now. And, and that, that, hurts the in air quotes weapons that they have there at Penn state. I present those air quotes. We have <laughs> at, decent weapons. I believe Dotson had about 12 points this past week. I would honestly expect a similar outcome this week, which is not, you know, that's not really a startable week in, in college fantasy. So I'm sitting Jahan Dotson. Yeah. I didn't put him on this list here. Um, I put him on the on the list last week, and then on Twitter, once I found out Clifford was starting, I was like, yeah, it's Illinois. Go ahead and start him. And then that just turned into a dumpster fire. He had a couple of nice catches, but I mean, they can only do so much there. Yeah. Um, so I agree with you. I would not start him either, but I did not put him on my list. Um, first one for me, though, is in the Big Ten, Tyler Goodson. Uh, Wisconsin's run D has been phenomenal all year. They gave up 53 rush yards per game. I'm not starting anybody against them. And that includes Tyler Goodson. I am also sitting Tyler Goodson this week. So the, the game total for this is 37. And to be honest, I might still bet the under. 
<laughs> so yeah, Wisconsin. Did you say I, I, I missed if you said this? Wisconsin held Purdue to negative thirteen rush yards this week. I did not say that. That's that interesting. That includes sacks, but I mean still. Yeah, that's still ridiculous. Um, my next sit here is Emory Jones. Um, God, stop! <laughs> that's somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> Emory Jones has been, you know, terrible in real life, but solid for fantasy with that rushing production. But he gets Georgia's defense. Um, I have a hard time starting anybody against Georgia's defense. But on top of that, the possibility of Aaron or Emory Jones getting benched is probably like 50-50 or even 60-40. Um, so I'm not starting Emory Jones. It's really funny because Emory Jones actually played well against Alabama. And I was like, did he just turn a corner while I was watching and like in front of me? And then he's gone back and has completely crapped the bed the past like five weeks. So <laughs> no, he didn't actually. He, he I think he, I, I don't. He blacked out that whole game probably. I'm assuming based on your reaction, did you also have Emory Jones? Yeah, I had Anthony Richardson with him too. Oh, okay. uh, like the package, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's okay. Fair enough. I hope I hope Anthony Richardson goes off. Um, Good my, <laughs> my well, I'm just so that way I get the hit and you don't. Um, my next sit is Greg Bell. I uh, had a, a he's had two. <laughs> he's, he's had two back to back tough matchups. Um, he's another tough matchup this week. Fresno State is 26th, uh, the 26th best run defense. Uh, and in those bad matchups, he's held a 40 rush yards. Um, yeah, I just, I, I don't I don't think it's there for him this week. And the game totals at 45 and a half. Right back to you. <laughs> um, I kind of want to look at my list here and go off and see if I can find somebody else that you might have on here. Oh man. Um give me JSN. I'm sitting JSN this week. Okay. Did you have him? I did not have him. <sighs> You said Big Ten. So um, I'm sitting JSN this week. Now, he does have more yards than Chris Olave now at this point. Um, he, he's turned it on here the last two weeks, six six for 99 and five for 103. But Travion is going to absolutely eat Penn State's lunch. He's going to eat Penn State's lunch, shit it out, and feed it to him. Uh, Chase Brown or <laughs> Chase, <laughs> Chase Brown went for 223 yards and one. Uh, McCray went for 142 yards. Losing PJ Mustafer was really bad for our run defense, which is pretty sad when it's one guy's the linchpin there. But did a back injury? Uh, he's out for the rest of the year. Too 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 tough to carry the rest of oh. ten other dudes. On his... <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I'm not starting JSN this week. I would say to sit all of them, but. Uh, the Ohio State's passing offense is is good, and they're still going to pass for 350 I, yards this weekend. Yes, they're probably going to pass for like 300 yards against everybody. But Penn State is a really good pass defense. Uh, our secondary is very good. Yeah, they really, they really shut down legendary archers for Kowski last week. Um, it's finally, my turn again. Yeah, they did. They didn't do shit. Passed for like 40 yards. It's a it's a big <laughs> performance against one of the best quarterbacks in the Big Ten. <laughs> Um, Braylon Allen, I'm sitting this week for the literally the exact same rationale that we use for Tyler Goodson. Uh, Iowa's a good rush defense. Uh, the game total is 37. And again, that might be too high. Um, yeah, that's all I got. I almost put the combo of Braylon Allen and Ches Malusi, but I did not. Um, all right, well, I'll just go back to my list in the normal order now since since we ruined the streak. Um, Ja'Shawn Corbin. Oh, is, Col- no, I didn't do that one. <laughs> is a sit for me this week. Uh, he had a really nice week last week. Did not quite count as a hit because he got, what, 18.7 fantasy points, I believe. Sounds about right. Um, yeah. But Clemson's still a really good run defense. They give up um, 123 rush yards per game. They're 31st in the country. Um, I, I don't expect them to be able to move the ball on Clemson on the ground. Next up for me, so this is this is not going to actually happen, guys. Like he's not going to technically qualify for the spirit of this, but he's not going to score like he has so far this season. Matt Corral. 
Oh, I think if you're expecting a 40 point performance out of him, I think you're going to be massively disappointed. He might still score like 25, which would technically be a hit for us. But I, I think you'd be disappointed. I think there's a chance that he scores fewer than that. He did not look like himself this past weekend. I don't think Lane Kiffin was really lying when he said that he was kind of hurting uh, after, for some reason, rushing for 200 yards the previous week. Like, I don't know why Lane Kiffin's not in his ear telling him to fucking slide, but here we are. I think they play Auburn this week. Ole Miss has been actually okay defensively the past couple weeks, and Auburn has a lot of injuries on offense, so they're not particularly explosive. They don't need 50 points from from, from their offense. I don't think they'll get 50 points. I think it'll be a little bit of a, an easier day there for Corral from a volume perspective, and so I think that he will score well below his season average. Can I play that as a play, or do I have to just take the, the start set? We'll have to talk about that one okay. because I I agree with you on 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 the principle of it, but he's still going to start as a he's still going to count as a hit because he's he's going to hit. Watch him score like thirteen points this week and look like a genius. Yeah, I mean, if it happens, yeah, we can. I doubt it. We can talk about that one. Okay. Uh, we can maybe work work something out there so that way you know because I think that's sound advice. Yeah. Uh, my next sit here is Devin Neal. Uh, he had 100 yards, two touchdowns last week against Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma's a good run defense. Um, but Oklahoma State is also a very good run defense. Um, they're the 12th best run defense in the country. They give up 94 rush yards per game. They held Brees Hall last week to 70 yards in a touchdown, which would not be a hit for our standards. Um, I, I still I love Devin Neal, the player. Still don't trust him for fantasy, despite what he did last week. All right. Next up for me, it looks like I have Rakeem Jarrett. And this is actually just, I don't think he's startable rest of season, guys. And I think, A, he's falling down my rankings because he just has not, like, you've got to be able to take over a game if you're going to be a legitimate high-end wide receiver prospect like we thought he was coming into this year. Look, I know Talia is not great, but he's fine as far as college quarterbacks go, and they pass the ball a decent amount, and Jarrett still... So when the last week that he would have hit based on our um, criteria, Colin, when do you think it was? Last year against Penn State. Oh, okay, you went further back. Week one of this year. Week okay. one of this year, he went 6 for 122 and 1. Okay. Since then, his stat lines, 6 for 67... Four for 70, one for six in a touchdown, four for 11 in a touchdown, one for 43 in a touchdown, and four for 56. That is a poopy. I don't know what is going on there, but I don't think he's startable. I wouldn't start him the rest of the season. Yeah, I don't think I would either. And honestly, his his Debbie stock, uh, his NFL future is taking a bit of a hit as well. Uh, My next sit here is Jaden Delara. Uh, 257 yards and a pick last week. Uh, not great. And Arizona State is the 23rd best pass defense in yards per, and pass yards per game. You have 190 pass yards per game. Um, not starting him this week. So I actually chose their running back, Max Borgie. Borgie has actually been playing really well the past couple of weeks. People don't necessarily realize that, but he's mm-hmm. had multiple touchdowns in several straight games. Has been putting up just under 100 yards, averaging over five yards per carry. They, I mean, they don't give him the ball 25 times, but I mean, he's had good weeks the past couple of weeks, guys. Uh, Arizona State has actually done a really good job on. Uh, they've been slightly susceptible to rushing quarterbacks, but they've done a really good job on teams like leading rushers. Uh, over the past couple of games and i think that 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 will probably continue against borgie I'm, I'm sitting him this week even though i think finally people were saying we can play him again not this week guys sorry uh my next sit here is letty brown uh letty brown's been pretty up and down based on the opponent um sub 60 yards three weeks in a row against oklahoma texas tech and baylor uh they get iowa state this week iowa state very good run defense uh not starting him i also had lady brown his his he was propped up by by those touchdowns last week and obviously yeah. like well, if the guy scores a lot of touchdowns it's good but it wasn't like an overwhelmingly good performance he, he managed to punch a couple balls in um but but was otherwise fine so <laughs> um my next sit here then 
uh, is Ronnie Rivers and Jordan Mims. Uh, San Diego State is the fourth best run defense in the country. They give up 80 rush yards per game. Uh, Rivers is banged up, so even if he goes, I don't expect him to be at 100%, but I don't think he is going to go. Um, Mims did look good filling in last week. Should definitely be rostered. Uh, but like I said, this is just it's just not the week to start in here. Last one for me, and this is a bit of a galaxy brain, and I know I'm telling you probably you can't start Matt Corral and you can't start Desmond Ritter. What the hell are we supposed to start this week, Austin? Sorry, start start Granger. Um, galaxy brain time, but Tulsa is, or sorry, Tulane is terrible. That's who Cincy gets this week. They have one of the worst rush defenses in the country, so you can run all over them. I think this is a Jerome Ford slash whoever else week. Ritter, I think, will have less than 200 yards and maybe one or two touchdowns, which is not you know a great fantasy performance. Uh, and I think he'll get pulled early. Cincy got their wake-up call last week, guys. They're going to come out this week and whoop some ass. And it's not going to be because of Desmond Ritter. <laughs> so, um, yeah, my uh, my last sit here is uh, Makai Polk. Um, I don't think I want to start him this week. They, you know, they get Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky very good run defense, or very good defense overall. Um, better run defense than they are pass defense. But uh, I still expect them to shut down Mississippi State in general. Um, look, they're probably pissed. You know. They lost that game last week. Um, I don't think I'm starting Makai Polk this week. Fair enough. All right. So let's name, I believe that's our 10, right? Um, yes. All right. So let's list our 10 here all in one place. Uh, Jahan Dodson, Tyler Goodson, Braylon Allen, Matt Corral, Greg Bell, uh, the Florida quarterbacks, Rakeem Jarrett, Letty Brown, Max Borgie, and Desmond Ritter. Um, mine are Tyler Goodson, Emery Jones, Greg Bell, Deshaun Corbin, Devin Neal, JSN, Jaden Delara, Letty Brown, Ronnie Rivers, and Jordan Mims, and Makai Polk. Um, and with Makai Polk, I didn't have the stats pulled up. Um, he went five for 63 and two last week, so obviously got saved by the touchdowns, but the week before that, too, seven for 59. So his performances have been uh, down a little bit from that massive game against Texas A&M. You know who's been going up on the way up? Jaden Wally. Jaden Wally, baby. <laughs> Late season guy. Um, all right, guys. So that is going to do it for uh, this week's show. Uh, if you are not a member at CampusCanton.com, go ahead and check that out. Two ninety nine a month, twenty nine ninety nine a year. If you are a member of CampusCanton.com, make sure you are taking advantage of all of the things we have to offer there, including the Discord, uh, which is bumping this time of year as everyone kind of settles into the playoff groove. Starting to talk some 2022 recruits. Uh, Matt and I put out a video this past week on our uh, some of our top running backs. We finished our running back series here this week, so check that out on YouTube. Uh, all the other content there as well, articles, rankings, player metric tools, all that good stuff, family podcasts, Why Wait Till Sunday, Debbie Debate, Fantasy Football Roundtable, and of course, Can't Bound, the NFL side of this podcast, which comes out later in the week. Colin will be joined by a guest to be determined. I will be away. I will be um, teaching teaching the Utes at my alma mater um, some, some some wonderful life advice. Don't go to law school. That's going interesting. To be interesting. Interesting. You didn't you didn't tell me. Uh, oh, I didn't tell was, you that. You didn't tell me. You told me you were going back home, but you did not tell me uh, that that was why. So there's something we have to else we have to do Friday too. But yes, Friday afternoon I'm speaking at my alma mater and uh, about my career as an attorney. So, but really I'm just going to talk about fantasy football. Good, good, so, yeah. I mean that's that's what we do. That's what yes, we're here for. Exactly. Um, so that is it for this week, guys. Until next time, I'm Colin, or, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Austin. That's it. Have a good weekend, guys.